0: when you reach
1: those places you know of where the decision is do i do it do i say something do i take the role what is the decision i make what where are you do you think you really want it or you cannot live without it
0: if you believe we can change the narrative if you believe we can change our communities if you believe we can change the outcomes then we can change the world i'm rob richardson welcome to disruption now Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. With me is uh, Robbie Reed. Honored to have her. Uh, she is a, uh, a legend and a titan in the industry in, in Hollywood. Uh, she's a veteran. She's been around uh, for some time, though I can't tell. She looks, she looks great. Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> you're, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So she is uh, uh, an expert director and a, a talent and casting director, Emmy, Emmy-winning uh, uh, casting director. And uh, she's... You've discovered a lot of people, Howie uh, Berry, my first crush, uh, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Jamie Foxx. Uh, you also have uh, many movies, school days, uh, 100, 125 episodes of, uh, of In Living Color, I, which I still think, by the way, is the funniest show ever. I, I, always, th- I always thought they were funnier than uh, Saturday Night Live. Not that I don't like Saturday Night Live. I just thought... Living color was just, was just the best. So I, I, yeah. I, I am honored to have you here. You, you've, uh, I've, I've grown up watching a lot of things that I didn't know you were uh, behind and helping create, but I'm a big fan of yours now that I know.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. Just to, um, correct us a couple of things didn't discover Sam, but have been, you know, part of his, some of his most, um, I'd say groundbreaking roles. Okay. Bongo fever. Um, but discoveries for me, I would say, um, Jamie Foxx.
0: that's a big one. <laughs>
1: Derek Luke. Um, you know, I'll share Rosie Perez with Spike.
0: Okay. Um,
1: yeah. So there, there, there are quite a few. I've been at it. I've been in this game for a long time. So I think a lot of folks can look to me, saying, um, "Well, maybe that was my first audition or my first job, you know, right. first movie role, so on and so on."
0: I mean, like you said, "discover" is kind of a, a loaded word, anyway. I, I mean, help cultivate gave more opportunities no matter what i mean you've definitely i think uh before these uh, a lot of these folks were household names you you did see the talent in them from what i can tell oh yeah and and cast them so i you know you know, discover. Like I say, it's a big word, but you, but you did see the talent and, and gave them opportunities and roles, which 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 makes a big difference. So, uh, mm-hmm. I I actually read something about you and said that you, uh, that you knew you wanted to be a casting director at fifteen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is really early to know what you um, want to do, and and you've been blessed enough to follow that journey. Yeah. Because bro- your brother was a child actor, correct?
1: <laughs> correct. Yeah. Who was my so, brother? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. My brother was um, a child actor. He started in commercials, then he did television. And I would accompany him on his auditions while my parents were parking the car. I would run inside with him, sign him up. And one day, um, I just asked the receptionist who the person was behind the door that he was going to meet with. And she said, oh, well, that's the casting director. And I said, well, what does a casting director do? And she explained it to me. And I was at that I was a teenager and um, it just was like a light bulb, you know? And I said to myself, I can do that. Um, And I didn't know at the time I was an avid reader and I could not get through a book without putting actors in the place of the characters that I was reading. Like before I could finish the chapter, the first chapter, I had to do that, which I did not know at the time. I was just prepping myself for what was to come, you know, that was casting. Wow. So, um, yeah, by the time I was out of college, I pursued it. So I had an early start.
0: So what advice would you give your younger self? It can be maybe at that time when you're 15 or maybe when you were just getting out of college, pursuing it, whatever you want to take, whatever point in your uh, stage in your career, what advice would you give your younger self looking back now with the experience you have? That's, that's the first part of the question. And then what advice would you ignore given your experience that you have right now?
1: I, you know, my younger self, I think to really, that it would be okay to um, take more chances. Mm. And, um, you know, I guess really not be, I wouldn't say there was a fear of failure, but always wanting to get it right, you know, and it's okay not to. So I would have had, I would tell myself that that would be okay. More of that, you, more of that fearlessness, listen?
0: huh? Do you think you would have listened?
1: Uh, if, I know, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, um, I, but, you know, I think, too, back on some of the things I did um, and the, most of it was because I didn't know any better. Right. You know, that wor- really was um, an act of real um, confidence and, and fearlessness. You sure. know, and as I got older, I feel like that began to kind of, you know, something else took over. I took more precautions. So um, I would. I, so it's like you
0: want to tell your older self to tell your younger self to keep that same mindset.
1: Exactly. Be more of <laughs> that. <laughs> you know? Yes. I made lots of cold calls back then. And I called myself a casting director long before I became one. Yeah. So, um
0: is there yeah. any moment that you say, because you said you would have taken more of a risk, is there anything that just sticks out of your mind? Like, that's something looking back that I learned from that I would have just gone all the way with knowing knowing that now. Can you think of, a? is there anything particularly that sticks out in your mind?
1: What would? Um, okay, well, you know, this really was more of when I was in school, but I think it certainly would have um definitely played into my um, young adulthood, but I had an, uh, an opportunity to go abroad to study mm-hmm. and to do as an, ex- as an exchange student. And I remember signing up for the program, getting accepted to the program, because I had taken Spanish all of my life <clears throat> and really wanted to immerse myself in the culture and the language and learn it as a real second language. And at the 11th hour, I just, you know, was like, no, nah, I'll wait. And of course that opportunity did not come back around. Um, So, you know, I would say that would have been one of the things I would have done differently for sure.
0: Any advice you got through the years that you would tell yourself to ignore?
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) i sure
0: sure you got plenty of examples of that one.
1: What other people say (laughs) and what other people think. I would ignore that. Yeah. No, um, you can't listen to everybody. You know, certainly be mindful of who is in your close circle, and I hear that now, even you know, as this grown woman that I am, you still have to be mindful of that. But going growing up, because you're so impressionable, you know, and I would listened and took everything in, so mm-hmm. I would, um, you know, definitely be you know have more precaution in that area.
0: Well, I can, uh, there's been, well, there's, there's scientific proof to back up what you're saying. So uh, literally the people that you're around, even if you're around people that you think that you don't Mm -hmm. agree with how they frame the world, their morals, you know, so on and so forth. uh, Science has shown that rather than your beliefs, you you being able to protect your beliefs, if you hang around people long enough, literally they rewire your brain and you think like the group around you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, what you're saying is, I mean, backed up by science too, which is. Kind of freaky, but it's like it's very important, like you said. Uh, who you let in your space has that? When you look at what's going on right now in terms of hopefully we're moving past this pandemic, but I know that the pandemic has uh, forced a lot of people to be intentional and yeah. um, and uh, about their time. And I know with me about my, I've cut off quite a few people, and, I, and I've actually been more focused than I've ever been, but has this pandemic done anything to kind of highlight, uh, you know, clarity of purpose in terms of not only who you, who you hang around, but what you're doing uh, in any way?
1: Absolutely. It has. I mean, it definitely forced us all to take a seat um, and, you know, gave, it gave us plenty of time to um, think. And I had had much I've thought about and certainly how I've spent my time, who I spend it with, um, and you know how much more time there might be. Yeah. So it just gives you a whole appreciation. And I always believe that I was one that appreciated time, um, and did not take it for granted, but I have a whole new appreciation for it.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, and I,
1: respect. I,
0: no, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, uh you have to often when you're telling stories, you have to often fight against this narrative, and actually before I get there, erase that uh, i I'd like to talk to you about this pandemic and what you think it could have done for the next normal with the industry uh mm-hmm. this this seems to this is a this has been a pivotal moment for our nation, really the world in a lot of ways in combination with the pandemic and also with the um the the world having to watch the injustices that go on every single day for black people really um but people being forced to not, they couldn't, they weren't distracted. They couldn't be distracted by every event, every night. It was, you had, you, you saw it. You couldn't, you just couldn't ignore someone's life being choked out of them for nearly nine minutes, the mod Aubrey, so on and so forth, all the things that just came back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this moment that, you know, I think, I think there's been at least some uh, general um, greater awareness of what, what's already happening now it may go away, but what do you think is the next normal for, this moment specifically with the movie industry because, and and entertainment, because you know you spent your career making sure that uh, the full story is told and not just the narrative from the dominant culture, but the full story is told how the world actually is. Do you think this is a, where do you think, where do you see the industry going from this moment? And what do you think the next normal looks like going
1: forward? That's an interesting question. I think that, well, the next normal is people really staying in the space that is more so authentic and and true. Um, Whereas because it's the entertainment industry, you can easily get caught up in what isn't real, right? But where we are now with things being so in our face, you know, be it from, you know, be it the injustices, the racial injustices, the, you know, pandemic, you can't hide from it. So I think those stories that will be told will be will continue to be in this authentic space. You can't do There is no more excuse. You can't yeah. go back. You yeah. know, it's yeah. so like I tell people about self tapes and auditions, like there's no excuse for a bad tape now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, you have all the information. There's the ring light. There's this, there's that. And you got to get it right. Um. So yeah, I think staying in that space and really telling stories and seeing the world as it truly is, and that's everybody being represented. Yeah, every color and, of person being represented.
0: Yeah, and I've seen you know that, and, and and there's no excuse for the individual who's doing their taping, but there's also no excuse for Hollywood, for Netflix, for who, so on and so forth to not present greater stories, which uh, they have been doing, and think we can do more of. But the, it's been shown that these these things are. Not only the right thing to do; they're actually very profitable. People want to see them. People want speaker. to see it.
1: And and it's not. It's like you can't. You, you can't just do it for a time and stop. This is it. It's right. here. You know. And even with the uh, just in the accountability, uh, not being able to get away with doing the things that were have been done for so long. The you know being excluded. Those organizations and entities can no longer exist. Yeah. in that way without being called out on it. And then big, powerful people, companies, corporations, studios, and however, getting really behind it. So yeah. we see it unfolding before our very eyes right now.
0: No, we do. And and, and I also believe part of the next normal is, uh, I'd lo- love to get your comment on this. Uh, do you see the uh, the streaming kind of war and services expanding opportunities or is it, could it actually uh, limit opportunities. What do you, what do you see with all these now? HBO, Netflix, prime. I mean, I don't know. There's probably a ton of them. I don't even know about now. Disney There's there's a whole lot of streaming services out there. Um, do you think this is, this is providing greater opportunity, uh, to, to, to tell more stories that are more intentional, or do you think it's, it's not doing that? What's your, what's your, what's your perspective on this moment?
1: I think it's definitely providing more opportunity um to tell more stories to tell um just you know the variety of stories and then the amount of stories too um because if you're streaming you have to have a lot of content
0: true you got to keep new content if,
1: yes content and then if you're linear there're only a certain amount of hours in a day where you can get things on television streaming it's around the clock so it's definitely here to stay and um, I think it's it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I can tell you this, this is something that 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 I that I, I want to do. Uh, I will eventually do after I complete a few the startup I'm working on, a few other things. But I think really having a full uh, Netflix or Prime, whatever, se- uh, like series on the full life of Malcolm X, like really, because mm-hmm. I've read I've read all of his I've read all the books about him, and and there's yeah. so much that wasn't told. And I really having a breakdown yeah. of the episode from like his life in, when he was uh Detroit red to his time right. in prison to his he time did. growing up as a youth. That would be, I think people would be thoroughly entertained and to the, all the things that happened that two or three years within his life, yeah. like, like right, right before his life. And he did so much. Like he did in that two or three years. It was like a spy movie because he had to, he had to, he had his fight with the NOI and yes. went overseas and he had to, be, and he had to fight the CIA. Like people don't know that stuff. I think people would find that, his life was extremely fascinating. Obviously, we had the movie, which was great, but really mm-hmm. breaking down, he can literally have an episode, uh, a whole, a whole series just about. Yeah,
1: his yeah. You are absolutely right. He was a he was a man. What I love the most about Malcolm X, and we did so much reading and research when we made that film. Um, and Spike, of course, you know. Yes. I
0: yeah. love that film. One of my favorite films. And by the way, uh, Denzel should have won the Oscar for that too. But go ahead.
1: He deserved it. Absolutely. I want to ask Oscar winning point. He should have been nominated and won every award for that. You know, uh, there's
0: no question that was. Uh, he became
1: I, I, Malcolm X.
0: Yes, I mean he he was Malcolm X.
1: It was uncanny. Like on set, he would every. I remember, I interviewed him once, and I asked him if he was a method actor. Or what was his technique? And he was just like, "I just become." You know, it's not one where you might have the the Meisner technique or the Stella Adler technique. He was just like, I just become the role. I do the research and I become the role. And he did. Like, when he was Detroit Red in the club, you yep. know, you didn't see Malcolm.
0: No, you didn't. You saw Detroit Red. Know,
1: just, you know, on set, in between takes, he never dropped it. Always was it. When he left for the day, he did. Yeah. You know, he didn't wear it at night or anything like that. But, um, yeah, so those those were... Great times. And um, I agree. Malcolm X, the thing I love most about him was that he was always evolving.
0: Yes. You
1: know, and um, always, you know, wanting to learn. And so no, no, recognizing that there, you never know too much. And so I, I just really have a lot of admiration for him.
0: No, I mean, he was, I mean, like I said, he's, he's, I mean, it's just so much great to really go and so much to learn from him. And, and The autobiography was a great book, but there's other books too that really just do a, a great, uh, just a great job of talking about his history. And I just had he he like I said he he really went through a whole lot, and it's just so much that people don't know, and we can learn more about America and really uh, and, I, and I think more we're seeing more more uh, content like that, right. uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, things like yeah. that, getting people to getting people to tell the full story. Of what actually happened in America, and we're not talking a long time ago. We're talking about in the seventies. <laughs> we're talking about right in, in yeah. most people's lifetimes at this time. And, and and the hope is that people can learn from that. Like, what do you think is the? There's obviously pushback, right? Part of why I believe that Mal, why Malcolm X wasn't nominated is because of what Malcolm X was talking about, and people, and the fact that people didn't want to be reminded of Malcolm X, uh, and it was controversial. Um, what can we do to make sure that we don't like uh, get too nervous about controversy and make sure that we are still telling the story? Because I think, you know, um, Malcolm X, the reason why he didn't win, I'll still go back to that is because yeah. the content of what he was talking about wasn't popular and they yeah. didn't want to celebrate Malcolm X. He look when he, when he actually died, the newspapers said a hate, a hate monger died or something like that. That's basically mm-hmm. what, what, what yeah. was told, which of course is not the accurate description. Um, as we still kind of fight these narratives, what's the, How how do you advise somebody, everybody doesn't have maybe the conviction of, um, uh, uh, I forgot the uh, Black Panther chat with Bozeman. Like he Mm -hmm. said that he wanted to make sure that whatever role he was playing, he wasn't perpetuating stereotypes. And that cost him, I remember the speech, it cost him uh, a role uh, because he tried to say, he he told the director, like, I think we're doing this in a stereotypical manner, but can we do it this way? How do you advise a actor who has a core belief but there's often there's often there might be a director that wants to that wants to perpetuate a stereotype like how do you how do you navigate that trying to make sure you make it in the industry versus staying true to who you are you understand my question
1: i think that what you have to do is um i mean that's tough you know because you want to uh you want to be true, but you want to work. It's a real fine line, but I think you have to just, as an individual, just be really committed to what you, what your core belief is and your, your truth and, and stay there, you know? Um, And, and then I think everybody has, you know, their limit. And um, again, I tell people, You know, this business is is hard, right? And so you have to, once you make the decision, if you want to be in it. My mentor told me a long time ago um, when I was a a little bit at a crossroads and so many people were saying, oh, you should really pursue the performance side of it because you've got this, you're talented, you look this way. But I always felt like casting was for me. But there was a, a moment where I questioned it a little bit. Well, maybe I should, listening to people. And um, he said to me, "There are, you know, two pe- two people types of people: those who think they really want it, and those who cannot live without it. Mm. Which one are you?" And I could very easily answer that question. So I would give that as advice That's when great advice. you reach those places, you know, of where the decision is: Do I do it? Do I say something? Do I take the role? what is the decision I make? What, where are you? Do you think you really want it or you cannot live without it?
0: Yeah, that, okay. that, that, that's great advice. So um, can you think about a time this industry, you, you, you mentioned the industry being hard in Hollywood. Can you think about a time when it was a really tough moment? Maybe you failed, you had a setback, but uh, later on that ended up being a great opportunity or a great learning lesson. Is there any moment that sticks out?
1: You know, again, I think I call it um, the fearlessness, call it ignorance or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, what do they call it? Uh, what is that saying? Um, God takes care of fools and babies. But I um, I remember just really thinking I was invincible to a gr- degree. I went to an HBCU. I went to Hampton
0: okay, okay.
1: And that's what they taught us. Like, we could do anything. I believed it, you know. Um, when I was given the opportunity after working really hard, the it presented itself for me to cast a big um, studio film yep. and the studio film um, starred a big celebrity who at the time, you know, was um, very valuable to the studio and the studio wanted someone else to cast the movie it was the person's very first directing, you know, opportunity to, he was also starring in it and then there were a lot of hats he was wearing. So they felt that a more seasoned, you know, um, casting person, not of color would be a better. Of
0: course, Always choice. a more seasoned person. Never. And like, you don't have the experience, but they never give you the experience to get the experience, but go ahead. Yeah. I know it's, how that it's,
1: works. It's, it's, a, it's a catch 22. Yeah. So I have to say that, um, I just I knew I could do it. There was a there was no doubt in my mind. And I just remember taking this meeting with the studio heads and um, them trying to really discourage me, telling me all of the things that could go wrong. Like this really happened. Right. You know, well, this might happen. This could go wrong. What if? What if? And I remember just saying it, I can I'll do this. I'll this would be the solution to that. And I just had no doubt. Right also that uh, star slash director, writer, producer um, believed in me and um, stood in in support of of my decision. And when I think back on that, glad I made the choice. I cast the film. You know, there were times when I really thought, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? Yeah, You know, um, and maybe, you know, with a little bit more experience, I might have, um, you know, sought another um, not opinion, but someone that I knew I could really kind of turn to when there were when there were challenges that I really had to work out myself, you know, because I think after putting myself in that position, I thought I got to figure it out on my own. Yeah. You know, when I didn't really need to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I I think that's so important. I've seen that. Uh, you know, specifically with, with the black community, because there, there'll there be sometimes members of my uh, extended family and we can help them, but they don't want to seek advice. They feel like they want to do everything on their own. And I'm like, that's not how people get ahead. No. <laughs> so, like It's not like, <laughs> so that's a, I mean, some people do. And yeah. just like, you know, some people do get ahead that way, but that just because that happens, like, if you drive a car and you you, you shut one eye and you make it to your destination doesn't mean you just keep doing it that way. Like there's an easy way to do it. I mean, but I think right. that's so important for us to learn like this thing about being self-sufficient. I mean, is a lie. It really yeah. is. Like, like it's an ecosystem.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so it's um you've cast some big stars. So like we, we talked about that earlier when you cast um Jamie Foxx, you did, you did quote unquote discover him. Did you, did you see, did you see all this potential in him? Like, did you know, like, Early on, you could just see, and if, if so, like what did you see in him that just you could just see the it was there?
1: Yes, I did see it. Um, I saw Jamie on stage at a club. I was casting in Living Color, the pilot. Okay. And was actually my mentor um, who was best friends with Jamie's um, at the time, his like manager mentor person, Harvey Fuqua. My mentor is Peter Long. And um, I had been around the country with Keenan. And we were going, you know, we basically did a six-month search in like six weeks, literally. It was insanity. Like, I don't know if I could do that today. Another thing, you know, another one of those, you kind of just go for it, not knowing yeah. any better. Any better. Um, so I uh, was at the end, you know, of it. And we were just getting ready to kind of go into the network phase where we were showing them our choices. And Peter called me to tell me that there was this young kid that Harvey, you know, had taken under his wing and he was a student at, at um, San Diego state university. And he really wanted me to see him. He had been at the comedy act theater the night before. And would I come down and that day, uh, just to check him out, he would make sure he got on stage. And I was, I, I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm so tired. This was a Friday, you know, after a long week. Yeah. And I said, Peter, I'll do it for you. All long story short, I go, it's Jamie. He hadn't yet changed his name to Jamie. It was still, you know, his um, government name. Eric and um, I didn't
0: even know he had a, a his name was I thought it was always Jamie Fox. I guess I didn't know that. I just learned something new about him.
1: There's <laughs> right. a whole story around that one too, but yeah, his name is Eric Bishop. He's from Texas, um, Durrell, Texas, I think it is. Yeah. So anyway, he um, I remember thinking this. He was not only just funny, but I knew he was an actor, and I'll tell you why. In one of his pieces in his routine well that lasted maybe ten minutes, he did a whole monologue from Shakespeare, right It was Hamlet and I realized that it's this person really had a control of this very classic piece of material, you know right and, and he must be classically trained. well, not only was he trained you know theatrically, but you know he was also very musically gifted. I saw all of that in his routine and his um, characters that he did, like he wasn't just joke, 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 but right. he had full on developed characters to me that said acting, you know, ability and um, you know, the rest is history. I just yeah. knew though from that moment, like he, Jamie was doing the character on a living color, the Wanda, the ugly woman was I remember. Doing that in his routine, you know, at the beginning, like that was one of his characters, yep. he you know, so yeah, that was, it's, you know, it's no surprise that he's still at the top of his game and continuing to evolve.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, really quick to have a, uh, a couple of rapid fire questions. So you have any, what's, what's some of the funniest like behind the scenes with In Living Color? As I told you, In colors Color is was one of my favorite. Can you think of something that people just oh don't know that happened behind the scenes that's just like hilarious that people wouldn't know otherwise?
1: You know, that's uh, what she had to ask me that before. I would have thought of more things. But I, one thing I could just think of is how funny it was. Like there were so many takes where we were laughing so hard behind the camera yeah. that we had to hold our breath, you know, stomachs hurting. And when they said cut, we were like, ah, screaming. <laughs> Because it was so funny. Some of the ones that stood out like that were, of course, um, the Men on Films. Two oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Oh,
1: yep. gosh. And them just walking around in between the the takes and character. Those were always so funny. And then the Homie the Clown. And
0: homie the Clown was on my, yeah. Yes, the <laughs>
1: kind of, the homie don't play that. Yep. Um, Jim the Fire,
0: was the, the firefighter? Uh, what, what did Jim Carrey play? Um, Wanda. Yeah,
1: was no, it one he, the,
0: no, was she the um, no, 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 Jim Carrey, like he played the fire? No, 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 I'm
1: saying that one of the though had the, I think she was the um, the weight, the uh, gosh, what am I trying to say? Lifted the weights, the bodybuilder. I
0: know you're talking about, yes, yeah, 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 That's yes, yes,
1: <laughs> that was Jim Carrey too. Jim Carrey, yeah, he was um, hilarious. Tommy, everybody had something really special and funny, and I remember seeing Crystal Tehima Kamaz, um, audition. Really wasn't an audition for in living color but at the time. You have to remember this was late 80s, so we didn't have obviously the internet, you know. And the, the tapes that anybody was fortunate enough to make, they had to put in the mail, you know, wow. and send. And um, they were all half inch tapes, so you had to like watch it from beginning to end. And I remember just sitting in a sea of um, half inch tapes. Myself and Shimin, who was my associate, half inch and three quarter inch. I'm sure you might not even remember what three quarter is, but they were really big tapes that mostly were used in television and having to watch them and, and working into the wee hours of the night. And this one tape I put in, and it was Crystal Tikima Kima doing all of these different characters. Yeah. And the character that she did that stood out was the little girl. I can't think of the little girl's name. But that character ended up finding its way onto and living color and becoming a favorite where she lived in Black World. And she told this whole story about how beautiful Black World was. Yeah. So Yeah.
0: You know what? You just yeah, that, that That's awesome. I just had an idea come to my head. So, well, something I'm working on right now, and I'll, I'll show you after this tape uh, okay. very quickly. But uh, I'm creating an NFT. You know what NFTs are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm creating an NFT platform that that is focused on diverse creators and collectors. Okay. And um, so, and we're, and we're about done, but a good idea would be to really feature some of those moments with, if you have them in a way, in, in a, in in living color, I bet people that would be awesome. You know, some of the, some of the takes from those moments, just a thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. A couple of rapid fire questions. You, um, What's an important truth you have in your life or conviction that you have that a lot of people don't agree with you on?
1: Wow. An important truth that a lot of people don't agree with me on.
0: It's a hard question on purpose.
1: Everybody agrees with me now. Gosh.
0: Yeah, this one gets people a lot.
1: Yeah. I, I, All right. I'll try to come to back. To come back <laughs> I'll come back. Okay.
0: One. How about this? Okay, you have a committee. Uh they can be living, they can be dead, they can be a combination thereof of advisors to advise you on whatever life, personal, spirituality. Who are these three people and why?
1: Dr. Maya Angelou.
0: That's a good one. What would you want to talk to her about?
1: Oh gosh. How she could just how she went from you know the experiences in her life early on to becoming this woman of such great wisdom and stature. Um you know where where she got her confidence from. Okay. Because it didn't start out that way. Sure. Um, who else? Malcolm X?
0: Yeah, Malcolm's a good one. hmm And we've already been over, you know, Malcolm. Okay, Bye. who's your who's your third?
1: Oh, um, oh gosh, who would be the third one? This is a tough one because it's only one more.
0: It could be anybody. It could be advisor you have, whatever.
1: Peter, Peter Long, he was my mentor, and so I think that for because I. You know, so young I listened to him, but there were so many times when I think back on it that I should have asked more questions. Yeah. You know, and um I used to think he was so bullheaded. And he I my thought was always like, You think you know everything. Yeah. (laughs) He knew more than me, you know. So Peter Long. So I can ask him more questions.
0: Okay. Any question that come to your mind you like to ask him right now?
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you no.
0: Hey, I, hey, I am supposed to ask. So You're right. Why not? Why not? Um, okay, you got. A, okay, like final question here. You got a, a logo billboard that sums up your theme in life, or your or a saying that you believe in. What does that saying? Why?
1: Um, the logo theme in life. What would I want to say? With God, all things are possible.
0: All right. Robbie Reed, thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate you having
1: you on. You're welcome. Thank you.